welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Oh, uh, that's me. Hey, there you are. Hey. I'm here. You're there. Uh, and today we're doing... Uh, what are we doing? The rookie redraft episode. What? Year the the year is in the books. Yeah, man, it's been in the books. I'm back from Disney. How was that, by the way? It was spectacular. I bet. It was uh way better than I thought it would be. Like I thought it'd be fun, but it was even funner than I thought it would be. That sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it'd be kid based. Uh, but it wasn't kid based because I had Star Wars stuff there, and it was great. Met Darth Vader, Chewbacca. Nice. Like I told you earlier, meet. I know it sounds crazy as it is, but meeting Darth Vader in the atmosphere they set it up in was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. I was glowing. I was ear to ear smiles. Wow, that's, that sounds fun. Man. I was like, get real out of the way. I need a picture of just me and Darth. <laughs> Come on, I saw that. I saw the picture with you and Chewie. That dude was was that the real Chewie? He was like seven and a half feet tall. Word in his eyes, like unless he was on stilts, like that was a real seven foot tall dude. Because like the costume, like. It looked like it was like a real thing because his right. eyes were real and it was it was crazy, right. but it was cool. A lot of Star Wars stuff there. Uh, I can't wait to go back when they actually have like more Star Wars stuff because we're building like a Star Wars land. Nice. Oh yeah. So it was cool. I'll it was wait. fun. I'll, I'll wait for that. Yeah, it was a good time. I'll definitely go back in like five years or so. But it was fun when the, when the kids can really enjoy the older nerdy stuff like you. Yeah, they enjoyed all the rides, all the kiddie rides. Like, all the rides were just okay, but, like, I enjoyed, like, all the Star Wars stuff. Like, everything there. I'm like, oh, we spent a whole day there. I'm like, we got to see everything. Nice. Everything. So, but, you know, now we're in the NFL playoffs, and now we begin off-season Dynasty talk. Cool, man. Uh, I know there's some in-season before we get into our rookie mock draft, and what we'll do for the mock draft is I'll take a pick, you'll take a pick. Mm-hmm. Or you could take a pick, and then I'll take a pick. Oh, we'll flip a coin. We'll, see we'll pick something. Yeah. Don't pick your nose. You can pick your nose, and you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose, is what they say. That's what they say. And what they say is usually correct. Right. So, um, news in the world that might affect uh, Dynasty value is Adam Gase was named the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, yep. Uh, I say big plus for, obviously, Ryan Tannehill's development there. And and basically just skill players alone. Devontae Parker, baby. Yeah, and the running backs too. Who I mean, if Lamar Miller ends up signing back there, he's always gotten pretty good. Sorry, I karate kicked the table. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> he's always gotten pretty good production out of the running backs. You know, going back to like C.J. Anderson, and and now obviously this year with Forte and Langford. And I think he showed by going to uh, Chicago, they could do it without Payne Manning. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Yeah, because obviously Jay Cutler is he's not as mentally, I guess strong as Peyton Manning. So to get him to, you know, really turn around his game a little bit and, and you know, just not have those knuckleheaded horrible games where he's just like throwing a ton of interceptions. I think that bodes really well for Ryan Tannehill. And unfortunately for Jay Cutler, this might be a little bit of a reg- regression for him. I think they're turning to Dow Loggins there oh. as their offensive coordinator. And, and that, that guy lives in Cleveland, Lore. Yeah, Cleveland Sports infamy, basically, because he, he was the one that was really pounding on the table for Johnny football. Yes, if you don't know who Dal Loggins is, he was a QB coach here in Cleveland, and he's the one that Johnny Manziel texted to say, let's, let's wreck, wreck this league. this league. What he meant to say is, let's wreck this team. Yeah, seriously. He, so, he got it backwards. So hopefully Dal Loggins doesn't wreck your fantasy team by totally screwing up Chicago. Yeah, I have no faith in him because he was like a terrible QB coach. 
Uh, so as offensive coordinator, I have no faith whatsoever. And hopefully Adam Gase can get Ryan Tannehill, because this was kind of supposed to be like Ryan Tannehill's breakout year, and it was not that whatsoever. I mean, have you read some of the reports that, you know, that uh, Philbin really was never on board with Tannehill as a quarterback? Yes, he wanted to replace him. He wanted to replace him. He wanted to draft David uh uh, Derek Carr, which does kind of like Derek Carr was pretty good, right? You know, so you can't really argue for that. Like if he's like, hey, no, we get this card kick because he's so good. But like, once you didn't get him, you know, you should kind of keep that just between you and somebody else and not let it get out there because right. you have Tannehill. And you know what? Honestly, I think Joe Philbin is a terrible head coach. Yeah, he was a bad head coach. And even when he was in Green Bay, that's like Mike McCarthy's gig. You know what I mean? So he's he's like one. I just feel like he's one of the coaches that kind of was in the right place, kind of like those New England coaches. And, right, right. You know, that has, like, Peyton Manning. You know, you look great because you have Peyton Manning. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a obvi- it was pretty obvious that he was a bad head, head coach when Dan Campbell came in, just a guy that was, you know, a tight ends coach. Who was just a tight end a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. You're right. Exactly. And then he comes in and, and like, turns around the whole atmosphere of the team and yeah. they start winning games instead of, you know, just. Just they played. They were playing like crap under Philbin's. So. And I thought he was terrible when the Miami Dolphins was on hard knocks, and I got to watch it in depth. And I was like, dude, this guy's terrible, right? Terrible. So, good news for Tannehill for sure. Hopefully, it can make Tannehill take that next step because he has to take that next step next year. Yeah, and I think I think it really is good news for whoever ends up being the running back, whether it be Ajahi uh, or if Lamar Miller ends up signing back there. Yeah, we'll be. I'd be interested to see. Now I hope this encourages. Miller to kind of come back there. He's familiar with all other players, and before I, mean, I was really hoping that Lamar Miller would leave, but with Adam Gase going there now, I kind of hope he does stay. And I am intrigued to see what Lamar Miller does. I know you're not a big fan, but I really still am a big fan. No, I know. He was starting to come around there at the end of the year. when they. I guess, you know, uh, they never really used him correctly. They did start pounding the rock a little bit more with him and, and using him more consistently, even though they, they still would get away from him during games, even with Dan Campbell. Crazy. Behind. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's a guy that if he's used consistently, he can be a pretty decent fantasy option. I think he's a great I'm, I'm starting to top 10 yeah. running back there. Uh, so that's really it. There's not going to be a lot of news this offseason. Once free agency hit, of course, we'll do a whole show on free agency. I mean, I think we can touch pretty much every time there's a coaching change, what to expect and, and you know, that kind of stuff throughout the offseason. I mean, it'll it'll be probably within the next week or so is when all the, the coaching vacancies should go down. Yeah, rumor right now is Hugh Jackson to Cleveland. That'd be great for Jared Goff and the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, uh, even, you know, Gary Barnage, you know, it wouldn't be like a downplay for Gary Barnage at all because of Tyler Eifert's year, and he knows how to utilize the tight end as well. But Josh Gordon coming back, it's uh, all looking up there in Cleveland, huh? I, I mean, I wouldn't rely too much on Josh Gordon. but I still like Josh. I think he's a great, like, buy low in Dynasty. I mean, it's just... To me, even my rankings, I still have him like the top 50 because the upside is just so high with him where it's worth, if I can just get two years, so like, you know, if I get one year, more year of like he did a couple of years ago where he's, you know, wide receiver one, essentially, I would take, I'll take that for like a 50th round, you know, 50th overall pick, uh, fourth round, fifth round pick in a startup draft. If I get one year to help win a title, to me, that's a success story. And I honestly, I know this is great. I know I have no legs to stand on or any basis on this, but I think Josh Gordon, you know, I follow him on Twitter. And read his tweets and stuff too. I think, I think now that he'll be okay. Because even the last mess up, you know, with drinking on a plane, he thought the season was over. Wasn't like a oh you're an idiot kind of move. Because he's with his even with his coaches. I think Josh Gordon 
won't get suspended again anytime soon. I, that's, that's my own personal feeling. Again, I have nothing to base this on, but if I go with my gut feeling, I go Butch Davis style here, I feel like Josh Gordon's a good play. I think he, I would look at him as almost somewhat of a safe play. Like, I feel completely comfortable. Well, at the, I offered at the, Juan. I was going to say, at the price, you're probably going to get him. It's a safe play. Yeah. I offered Juan the uh, eighth overall pick in the rookie draft for him, a first-round pick. Hmm. He said he's going to think about it. Wow. So, I mean, that's how much I'd feel completely, you know, definitely in this like this rookie class as of right now, I'd feel I'd much rather gamble on Josh Gordon, who's shown me that he can do it, uh, and should be a number one in the offense. I am, mark me down as skeptical on him. Reasonable. Most people should be. Right. I mean, you should be, really. I know. It's just, if I, I, I believe in it, and I think I'm going to be right, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I'm a believer, and if I, if I can, I'm trying to get those Josh Gordon shares now. And you get plenty of time to do it, and you may even during your rookie draft, uh, because he's not going to be reinstated till next start of next year. Absolutely. If I'm correct. I believe that's... Or it could be... Me- no, he could file now, right? Because he got suspended right at the end of last year. It was like the week after the season. Uh, it, I mean, it, might be, it might be actually right after the Super Bowl is when he might be able okay. to, to do the reinstatement. Yeah, because, you, you know, once he does get reinstated, people will be like, oh, Josh Gordon, you know, it's going to come at the news. So he's a nice buy-low target now. With, I'm, I'm, with red flags. I'm interested to see what happens to him if he even sticks on the team, to be honest. I am intrigued by that, too. But maybe, maybe, though, for, even then, you're even more excited. If he gets off of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where else he's not? I mean, wherever he's going to go, somebody's going to be able to get him for reasonable cheap. Like, what if he went outside of, like, in Atlanta, who desperately needs another receiver, a place that I'm looking to see what they do uh, out there? Because Justin Hardy's not a true, like, number two. He's a great slot guy. could be number three. But I'd love to see. They desperately need somebody outside of Julio. Which so, is why I was really surprised when they uh, released uh, Hankerson. He was playing pretty well. For he was him looking before, all right. for the injury. Um, Just one of those things. That's a, that's a situation like when you always like people are like, oh, Dallas running back, Dallas running back. What are they going to do there? Like Atlanta really intrigues me because they really can use that number two receiver. It's one of the situations I think they get like a good young receiver that can come in and play small dividends early for us. Oh yeah, I'm totally switching the subject. I don't know why it just popped into my head. Did you touch on uh, Calvin Johnson's possible retirement at all? That was after I left. Okay, so, so yeah, let, let's talk about that for a second. Do you, do you think he's going to actually hang him up? No. And why? Money. Lots of money. He's yeah, owed. yeah, guaranteed. That dude was. Obviously, he must have been in some serious pain at the end of the year just to be even contemplating it, though. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, like, right now, he's like, man, I think, I think does he want to play anymore? No. I bet, like, right now, today, like, man, I don't really want to freaking do this anymore. Like, the Lions suck. We suck. We've always sucked. You know, nothing's looking right here. We're just about, you know, now we got another regime, regime, almost like Joe Thomas here in Cleveland saying, you know what? I don't know if I finally want to stick. The guy who always says I want to stick around, now he's like, I don't know if I want to stick around. And who might get traded for a first-round pick this offseason wouldn't surprise me. So right now, I think, you know, as the season's right now over, like, I think if you put a gun to his head right after seasons, I'd make up your mind. He'd be like, you know what? I'm just done, man. And even then, I wouldn't cut him because I wouldn't rule him coming out back the year after that. No, I'm not talking about cutting him, but what do, what do you do with him if you have him? If you, if you own him, are you, are you trying to ship him off? No, because... What if, he, what if he says, I'm not retiring? Are you trying to ship him off this year? I would try not right now. I'd still let that kind of dissipate in the right. background there, the knowledge of he want to retire, and I'd wait till the season gets closer. Maybe somebody else has a wide receiver injury and then kind of capitalize. Because right now, I mean, even our rankings, I know we both text each other. Like, I dropped Calvin Johnson, like the lowest I've ever had him in the history of my dynasty rankings. Like, yeah. he's always down. He's already down, like, the 30s. Yep. That's, and that's, where, even, I, that's where I put him, too, because uh, if the dude is thinking about retiring, 
it's only a matter of a couple of years until he does. Even if he doesn't do at it at the this most, year. yeah. And we knew that was coming anyways, but I mean, it's He's only 30, 30, 31 or something like that. Yeah, he's not but, like super old. But yeah, you're right. It's kind of it's probably coming soon. I don't know if this is a ploy to get off the Lions. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I feel like he's dude, owed think, so much money. I think the dude was beat up, man, and he doesn't want to go through it anymore. He's on a bad team, man. Yeah, losing. I mean, losing makes everything worse. Yep. You know what I mean? Nobody wants. I mean, look at Barry Sanders, greatest running back I've ever seen in the history of my life. Peace. And he was just on a really bad team, and he's like, you know what? He was on the freaking Lions. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> the freaking Lions. You know, Calvin Johnson, one of the best receivers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Barry Sanders is the best. Like, if anybody asked me who's the best running back I've ever seen, it's Barry Sanders. And, yeah, just out of nowhere, he's like, you know what? This team sucks. You know, I'm, not, I'm getting banged up back here behind the line of scrimmage. The dude lost more yards than people gain in their entire career. Uh, about Barry, that's what people don't even know about his yards total. Like, if he didn't like lose so many yards trying to make so many big plays, the guy would be the all-time leading rusher. He was insane. But yeah, same kind of concept there. So I think Je- Calvin Johnson would end all be all. My again, I don't have anything to base this on, but I think he'll come back. Okay, he, like you said, I mean, he's young enough. I think his body heals still quick enough for him to be okay. And then I'm like, man, eleven million bucks to stick it out one more year. I could do that. And I think the year after that, though, he's even more, like $16 million. Yeah, I was say, I think it balloons up to like $15, 16000000 million. Yep. Yeah, it's like, dude, just, okay, 24 months, man. I'll get $27 million, <laughs> like a million dollars a month. Like, you know what? I could, just two more years, I could do it. But again, you have to be worried about, like, heart. Like, does it, you know, is that point, is he, like, not trying as right. hard? Does he, he want to get injured? Is right. he going up to make that crazy catch? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he comes back, I might just, I might just think about shipping him off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely think now's, you know, He's definitely kind of a, a player to say, okay, now is the time to really say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And but you got to make sure you do it at the right time, because otherwise you're just selling too low. Never make rash. Nothing's worse in dynasty when like news breaks and you're like you you panic like oh I got to sell, you know like oh I'm trying Josh Gordon gets suspended for the year. Oh I'm selling. Hey I'll give you a fourth. I'll take whatever I can get. Right. And then now here I am offering a first. Like you just have to pay. It's, remember it's dynasty, long term. Be patient. Wait for the right moment. You have time. You know what I mean? We have a whole offseason here uh, to see what Calvin does. And if he does retire, unless you barring like you just traded for him this year, I mean, it was a hell of a run, right? To, right? And sometime. It's not like Calvin Johnson did much for you this year anyways, right? I mean, he he didn't do a ton, yeah. I think he finishes wide receiver 12, somewhere around there. So that's pretty decent, but not what you're used to. Yeah, 12. Wide receiver 1. But so he's still, yeah, you're losing wide receiver 1. It sucks. So, all right, well, let's uh, let's get in some uh, rookie redraft, huh? Yeah, let's switch gears. So looking back on it, it was a pretty solid rookie class. For me, there's about 17 guys I kind of really like right around there. Yeah. So I mean, a round and a half. I was going to say, I, I, I can squeak out. the. La- I mean, the last couple in, in round two, I'm kind of like, eh, I could take or leave. But, yeah, I, I do like it pretty much through two rounds for me. Yeah, so, like, for me... I agree with you. Like the last round's kind of like I almost see most all these guys like the same guy, you know, like the ones I don't have that make my my personal top twenty four, like Matt Jones or you know, I don't know Jay Jai. Okay. Yeah, just see if Jay Jai might make my top twenty four. I have a, I only have. I, down, say, I see a couple of open spots though. I do have an bottom. open open spots yeah. on the bottom here because I'm kind of like I don't know who I'd want here, but a lot of like Justin Hardy, Devin Smith. Like there's no like grand difference for me no not at all but let's start at the top i like justin justin hardy better because i don't really like devin smith but uh i i'm i'm down for that yeah i'm down for that okay okay 
All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's start at the top. First pick. You win the first pick? Um, I mean, it's pretty much mailed in. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, this is, to me, it's still, it's to me, nothing's changed in a year. All right. It's still a no-brainer. Yeah, it's tight. With the first pick in the Dynasty Nerds podcast, rookie redraft, Matt takes? Todd Gurley, man. Yeah, no-brainer here. I love Amari Cooper as much as the next guy. Right. But Todd Gurley is phenomenal. He is clearly the number one pick, obviously. I mean, obviously, just due to position. Um, st- I mean, there's there's only so many running backs like him out there. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right now has ADP, our December ADP of number four overall in the startup. Doesn't surprise me, man. Everyone's looking for that next stud running back to just kind of plug and play for the next five or six years, and he's it. I agree. He finishes running back nine this year. Right. Uh, right off the bat. And remember, he didn't even play the first couple right. four games. I was going to say, he missed, missed four games. There a quarter of the season. Yep. This guy is going to be a monster. Love him. Loved him the whole time. I know I was t- talking about how, like, I wasn't all, I'm still not all in on David Johnson. You know what I mean? Just because he had a couple of good games at the end there. Good throughout the year, but a couple of really big games at the end there. A nice end stretch of the year. Doesn't really say, hey, that's, that's guaranteed for me. And somebody's like, well, you're doing that for Todd Gurley. And my argument was like, well, I knew Todd Gurley was going to be sweet his freshman year. You know, I knew he was going to be great the whole time he was in college. Right, exactly. He didn't come out of nowhere and kind of just start looking kind of good here for a little bit. He's looked awesome all the way throughout. Yeah, I never loved David Johnson's tape. I wasn't like when David Johnson was coming out, I wasn't like, ooh, yeah, guy gave me some David Johnson chairs. You know, it's kind of like. it was the exact opposite. We were kind of like, eh, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, that's like the one guy we were kind of really wrong on when he came out of Northern Iowa. Right. You know, but he's coming out of Northern Iowa, so it's not kind of like, hey. Yeah, I mean, there was crappy tape. It was crappy opponents. It was really hard to kind of judge that tape versus, obviously, you know, SEC competition. Yeah, just because he ran for, just because David Johnson ran for over a thousand yards in each of his last three seasons wasn't enough for me. No, I mean, not at that level. No, you have to like really wow at that level. Really wow. Yeah. So for me, I agree with the the Todd Gurley pick there. I I give you two thumbs up. Uh, we always say build around young receivers, but you can't pass up a, te- a guy like Todd Gurley. Right on. Um, so with the number two pick, to me, another no-brainer here. Same as our mock drafts went 12 months ago today, I mean, pretty much. Right. I'm taking Amari Cooper. Uh, again, Amari Cooper right now has an ADP of number eight overall in the startup draft. Finishes wide receiver 21. So finishes finishing his uh, top around, uh, wide receiver two his rookie year. Yep. Phenomenal. You know, the only thing that concerns me with Cooper that he has to work on is his drops. He, has eight, he had 18 drops this year. Uh, that is a concern. That is a concern. That's got to get better. And, and it was evident, like really right off the bat, which is which is weird because it never really showed up in college. So I think it's something that, that will get corrected. He didn't have like a ton of drops in college. No. So I think that's something there. He was just probably learning a lot of different things. And, you know, the last thing he was probably working on was his hands. How do you feel about ADP number eight in startup draft? Um, Personally, that's a little bit high for me, but mm-hmm. um, I understand it. Yeah, I get it too. I mean, this guy... Like we've said it all along, this guy is a future elite. Right. This guy is this guy. Three years from now, is going to be where we're talking about. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green in that category. He's going to be like, oh, if, he'll have an argument for number one overall dynasty startup pick. Like there'll be arguments for him. Definitely as Oakland gets better, I can see it. I could see it too. Um, it's still just a little bit too high for me. I get it. That high, I'd want to get somebody a little bit more proven. Yes, you're a safe dynasty. <laughs> I'm not really. I just, I just. Yeah, you are. Your rankings pretty much. You, you do it by safe. You don't look for. You don't look ahead as much as everybody else does. Like you rather play it safe. Not that you're saying again. You're not. You're saying Amari's bad, but you'd rather take somebody that you know 
is going to be good for a couple of years. No, I just think there's at number eight, there's probably guys that are still elite and, and that have proven it. Okay. Well, I, I get you. I hear All you. Right. I mean, I agree. I mean, ADP wise, I mean, behind him right now in ADP is Allen Robinson, Le'Veon Bell, Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Evans, AJ I mean, Green. I, I would take Le'Veon Bell before him. I would take AJ Green before him. It's, it, it blows my mind that AJ Green has an ADP of 13 out of the first round. I don't get that. I don't either. He's not old. Nope. He's a stud. Yep. And a prolific offense with tons of talent around him. I don't get that. Neither do I, man. I love AJ Green. I like I like him a lot. Okay. So Cooper number two. Uh you now are on a clock. You have the third pick in a rookie draft. This is where it gets kind of tricky because there's a bunch of dudes that I'd really like to take right here. I know if you did a poll on Twitter, everybody would take David Johnson. <laughs> I know, I guarantee it. I'm I I'm not gonna tell you where I have David Johnson because you and I are both picking here right now. But after it's done, I'll let you know where I have got him slotted. Well, we'll see, because you'll take him before me, probably. But we'll see. We're doing a rookie mock draft. We're about I'm, to see. I'm not guaranteeing. I don't think I'll take him before you. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, let's see. I guess we'll find out. We will. All right. Stay um, tuned. So <laughs> my next pick in number three overall is my dude, DGB. And DGB. I, I know this is, much, this is much higher than you probably thought, but I, I got him at the end of round one and in, in, in a normal draft this year, and I'm, I just really am – I really am in love with this guy's upside. And if you don't know, Matt, he's really well known to be biased to players on his Dynasty <laughs> Nerds team. He really is. I'm not gonna lie. Well, that, and I'm really biased on big wide receivers. And this no, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't argue that pick whatsoever. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it there right. only because of the guy that I have here next that I'm gonna take. But I get it. You know what I mean? Big, ton, tall receiver came on strong at the end of the year. Still finished the season at wide receiver 59. Now right. wide receiver 59. That's really low. But he didn't do anything. Early. He didn't do anything even for dressed, like the first really. like eight or nine weeks of the season. Yeah. So, and with Marcus Mariota there, uh, they're going to build a new offense around him. Right. I, I can, There's nothing else there whatsoever. He showed enough to me that I think what's going to be good about DGB is the touchdowns will be there. Well, I think once he learns how to become a wide receiver, he's going to be unstoppable. I mean, obviously, he's got some work because he did. He basically did all his production with with a very limited route tree. And Agreed. Stuff like that. And we said in the off season, you know, before this season, you know, out of all the rookies, he, out of the receiver wise, he has the highest upside. Right. He's a physical freak. And that's why I'm taking him here because I think he proved to me that he is. He's not going to be a flop, and that was my worry. Like I got him. I think I got him that late because people were worried that he could bust out, and I think he's not going to be a bust. I think he's trending in the other direction, and that's just total upside for me. Okay. Yeah. I, I could. Uh, again, I'm not going to argue that at all. Uh, so with the fourth pick for me, this is going to be pretty simple. Uh, I'm taking Devonte Parker. Love Devonte Parker. Always love De- Devonte Parker. Preach him inside. You know in the off season guy has great hands only had like three drops from tw- like since 2012 in college has 80 inch wingspan really came on really strong i mean he has adp right now in 35 he finishes wide receiver 75 that means nothing to me because he again he didn't do anything early he was hurt all year right. but at the last you know the last game versus new england uh six targets five catches 106 yards and a touchdown uh before that, the week before that, he had four catches ten on ten targets for ninety three yards, uh, eighty seven yards. So he had he had some really good games there at the end of the year. Started to come on strong. Adam Gase is going there. Still has Tannehill. Uh, they still have other weapons around him, and I'm sure they will keep adding weapons around him. 
Big Devontae Parker there. Loved what I saw at the end of the year and only think that he, I think, to me, he, he pretty much showed me what I believed in and what I thought he was capable of, and that's being a true wide receiver number one. Again, he's a big guy with tons of small guys around him. Uh, I think he was easily going to start the next year being Ryan Tannehill's favorite target. And I think he's going to, I think a lot of guys who are going to take a huge leap next year, and I think his ADP is going to jump a lot. I think Devontae Parker fits in that category. Again, I think he's a wide receiver one NFL team wise, and I, and I can see him being a wide receiver number one in fantasy as well. I agree, man. Um, huge upside. He was one of the guys I was kind of grappling between, you know, Devontae Parker, um, Doral Green Beckham, and, and actually my next pick. They were all really close to me, uh, close in my rankings, I guess. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and make my next pick. And the, what is it, the fifth pick we're at fifth now? Fifth pick. Fifth pick, I am going to go. Big surprise here. Somebody off my team. Thomas Rawls. Wow, that's that's not a shocker to me because he's on your team, so <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, you're taking Thomas Rawls, who has ADP right now of 51 and finishes running back 36. Yep. Tell um, us why you're taking Thomas Rawls. I'm taking Thomas Rawls just because obviously the upside. Um, when he was in, he was really, he filled in for beast mode and I think kind of went above and beyond what beast mode was, was, was doing this year at least. And with the way that... Uh, Marshawn Lynch is like really just kind of not coming back from this injury here. I could see them moving on this offseason from him. Yeah, and getting away from that contract altogether. Right. And, I mean, Beast Mode already, he's been like, oh, do I retire? Do I not retire? Right. You know, now they, they, he springs this, oh, I'm healthy to play. And the last minute, he's like, nah, I'm not good. I don't like the way any of that smells. And I don't think they do either there in Seattle. I agree. And I think they're going to be moving on from him. He's going to be a plug and play wide or uh, running back one next year. And he was, I know when he was playing, he had the most yards after contact, led the league in it. Um, does it worry you that Kristen Michael looks kind of good these last um, couple games? Not really, because I think they, they kind of, I mean, I understand that he came in and he's filling a role right now. Um, but I just don't think he does it as well as Thomas Rawls. Okay. Now I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say here, I don't like this pick. Okay. I, I mean, if you do it, it's not end of the world to me, you know? I don't really, I want to be like, oh, you're an idiot. But to me, if I'm gambling on somebody who's looked great, I'm taking David Johnson over Thomas Rawls. But I guess to me, they're close enough. Like, I have like Thomas Rawls and David Johnson very close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, I, I, you know, but even for me, like for running back wise, out of all these guys, I'm still taking TJ Yeldon. Like he, he did not move down for me. Only because TJ Yeldon, he finishes at running back 24, so just outside a running back two. Again, prolific offense. Mm-hmm. And he really got better as the year went along, and he's a true three down back. Like he catches the ball better as well. But again, it's a personal preference. You like say, Thomas yeah, Rawls? Yeah, Thomas Rawls is a three down guy, too. I mean, I, he, again, I, w- I wouldn't kill it, but I would probably get one of those, like, oh, wow. Well, you know, during the drafts. But again, to me, I have him as a first round pick this year. Okay. So um, for me, the next pick then is number six. Again, to me, no-brainer. I'm taking Kevin White. Right now. Uh, I had him number four overall, three or four overall as the process started. Him not playing year one does nothing towards me whatsoever. Um, the fact that he got to sit, be in the meetings, learn NFL game you know, from the sideline, I think will also help him as well. Three years on receivers is what I want to give him. This guy was a freak. Had the most wow factor on tape that I saw when I studied film in the offseason this year. And, again, I'm really still excited 
for Kevin White. They have Alshon there to take off, you know, some of that pressure from him as well. They still got Martellus Bennett. I don't know if Martellus Bennett's a free agent or not. Um, and Cutler's still got that big arm. So for me, Kevin White as a long-term dynasty investment, I am extremely ha- like right now in a rookie redraft, get him at six. I'm ecstatic about. I love to build around young wide receivers. I know I'm not getting instant returns right here, which isn't even a guaranteed. You know what I mean? There's no guarantee that Kevin White's not gonna come in next year and be a beast right out the gates. But to me, the upside is so high, almost like the DGB upside. Right. It's so high that I feel like I'm stealing him here at six. Right. The fact that somebody would take Thomas Rawls ahead of him, to me, is a little crazy. But, I mean, it's not just – now, mind you, it's not Thomas Rawls. It's, to me, it's pretty much anybody after this list. To me, it's crazy for Kevin White to go at six. Well, I can see why you'd say that. Kevin White um, obviously has a ton of talent. I. It, it was a little bit of the unknown for me versus the known with Thomas Rawls with yeah. that pick. Hashtag two to three year window. Right. And um I actually I actually had a player in between Thomas Rawls and Kevin White. Oh my. So and you're up now. It was the aforementioned TJ Yeldon. TJ Yeldon. So, Love the pick. Again, I feel like getting TJ Yeldon here at seven is stealing. Right, absolutely. You're getting a three down back right. and a great offense. At number seven overall, right? I, that's why it's it's. I we kind of touched on all the reasons to take him when when I took Thomas Ross. <laughs> so I mean, there's not much more to say about yeah, about that. Finishes running back twenty eight, just outside of the running back two, right? Uh, and somebody, you know, no, he's he's going number forty one in startup drafts right now. Somebody who I think is going to be better next year. Fix the O line a little bit better there, which they have to do. And he doesn't have any competition either. He is clearly the guy there. Yeah. So. Like, hands down the guy there. And, again, he's a three down back. Mm-hmm. Those guys are so hard to come back. Like, is T.J. Yeldon, like, the next Adrian Peterson? No. That, I think that is why I actually went Rawls over Yeldon is because I just see more upside. He went upside. I, I, he's definitely Thomas Rawls to me. I've seen his upside, and I think it's higher than, than T.J. Yeldon. I, I think T.J. Yeldon is a three down guy. I think he's a guy that you can plug in for years to come. And he'll be at the least, you know, an RB2, which is nice. Yes, it's but, perfect. But Rawls, I see as like a running back one. Running back one upside, which is why I put him ahead of Yeldon. And I, and I understand somebody taking David Johnson and somebody like Rawls ahead of him just because they want the upside there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna, if I'm going to shoot for a running back, I'm going to shoot for the moon. Right. It's just with Yeldon, I think it's safe. I still think he could be better next year. I like what he saw as the year got went along. I think he got better every single game. And it's just one of those guys where I think, there's still room to grow there, but I think the floor is so low for him. And with the and with the need of running back, you know, the the flip flops on running back and how hard it is this have a stable running back. Right. I think I think stability there alone is worth the pick. And again, get him at number seven to have somebody you could plug and play at running back and have to worry about it for hopefully a couple of years is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so I'd be on the clock here at number eight. And again, I know this is probably gonna come as a surprise to some people. Uh, definitely with a guy like David Johnson still on the board, a guy like Stephon Diggs still on the board, and Melvin Gordon on the board. And I'm taking Jameis Winston. Uh, that was my next guy, too. I, I thought you were going to pass him up, and I was going to get my number eight guy also, which was going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm Again, we preach Jameis Winston. And I know Mike would you know, listen to this, and he'd say that's ridiculous. Nobody should. Get, he'd have Jameis Winston. I think we texted a couple like a couple weeks ago saying I'd take him number four overall at the latest, maybe probably number three. Um, again, the reason he – the reason he does slip even this far for me is the value of quarterbacks in a dynasty league. Right. You know, if this was a two QB, a two QB league, he's going number three overall easily. Mm-hmm. Maybe 
maybe depends on my core how my quarterback situation is. I'd consider taking him over Cooper in a two QB league, uh, just because I think he's going to be that great. Mm-hmm. He showed. I we preached on a podcast all year long. You know, we had him higher than any other website's rookie rankings. We had Jameis the highest out of any other dynasty website. We preached his name. We said, think Andrew Luck. There's nothing that this guy did in this offseason to prove me wrong. You draft Jameis Winston here, again, at number, what we at, eight? Eight, yep. Something that you could put in your quarterback position, you know, your quarterback slot here for the next 10 years. Set it and forget it. A decade. Mm-hmm. Again, I can't stress enough for somebody that's had Drew Brees on his roster for like 13 years, the comfort of knowing in your rookie draft that you don't have to take quarterbacks. You don't have to reach for quarterbacks. You can, you can build around young position players. The comfort of knowing that you have a guy in your lineup for the next 10 years that's going to produce and produce right. well for you mm-hmm. is such a nice relief and comfort knowing that you're set there. And that's what Jameis is going to do. Jameis is going to be a top five fantasy scoring quarterback here for years to come. Yeah, and uh, I guess we didn't touch on it, but they they ended up firing Lovey there also. And then it looks like they did that in order to get um, Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, and they want to run, they want to throw the ball more. Right. There, you know, staying there in Tampa, basically. Hence why I'm selling Doug Martin for good value because they're not going to run the ball as much next year. Right. Lovey's gone. Who loves to run the ball. Who loves to run the ball, right. So, so yeah, I mean, I think getting Jameis here is, again, it's just too much of a steal. And, again, it, it devalues the, the the position is devalued. That's why. Like, if we if, say I or you would have taken Jameis number four overall, I'd have no beef with that whatsoever. Right. You're filling a position for a very long time. Ten years is a, a ridiculous long time to have in Dynasty Fantasy football. It re- I mean, really is. I mean, I, I can remember you having Drew I mean it seems like you you have actually had Drew Brees like almost the entire time we've been playing right yes yeah pretty That's much ridiculous yeah, yeah so like before my my you know when I had Drew Brees I you know it was Drew Brees and a rookie Andre Johnson right. Sean Alexander right, right. Uh, Rod Smith you know guys like that guys that are no longer in the league so I mean just take a look at just stop because it's so easy to say like 10 years like oh 10 years it doesn't even sound that long just stop and think where you were in life 10 Years ago. Right. You can have that dude in your lineup starting for 10 years. Just don't even worry about it. Not, you know, all you got to do is worry about bye week. I met my wife 10 and a half years ago. (laughs) I barely remember life without her. And you met Drew Brees in your, in your starting lineup 12 years ago. Yeah. So it's like, again, just think of 10 years of not having to, and getting production out of that. It's like having Peyton Manning for his entire, it's like, wow. You know, you don't have to worry. Then you get. Then you don't have to take quarterbacks, and as other quarterbacks slip, you can take them like because they're best player available as a luxury and let them groom. You can sit back on guys like Andy Dalton right. and not make a rash judgment because they're not producing right away when quarterbacks take a while and let quarterbacks develop because you don't really need them to. Yep. So I love Jameis Winston here at eight. Um, all right, moving on to number nine. I am going to take this guy just because he was up so high at the beginning of the year, and I, I haven't completely fallen off. Oh, I know where you're going. It's obviously. I wouldn't go here. You're not going to go here. I'm going to go Melvin Gordon. Yep. Uh, I just, I think it's, it's too much upside to pass up. I know that he probably didn't show as much as you'd want if you drafted him up at number two or number three of your rookie draft, which I did, but sitting here at number nine, I think he offers enough upside that I'm going to have to take him and, and just hope for the best here going forward. Yeah, a lot of people have moved this guy out of the first round of a rookie redraft. I would definitely not do that. Um, 
I think I think the you know him getting traded up for. Um, I think his ego might you know being a big man on campus in Wisconsin, and the whole offensive line again. You guys have to remember that their in Wisconsin or their San offensive Diego. line at San Diego was terrible. Yes, I mean literally one of the worst offensive yeah. lines in. I mean, if you look, I don't even know the number they have. They had like fifteen different lineman combinations. They they would lose linemen. They had like. They found a guy like working at Arby's and they brought him in to play like lineman. It was a terrible situation. It was a terrible scheme. Okay. They fired their offensive coordinator, Frank Wright, there right. in San Diego. They're not even going to be the San Diego Chargers anymore. They're going to be the LA Chargers. So a little bit more glam for Wis- uh, Wisconsin, Melvin Gordon. And again, the talents there, things that, the only thing that concerns me about Melvin Gordon as a Melvin Gordon or- owner, a person that traded up the number three overall in our rookie draft and gave up a second and third round pick to do so, right. is. He didn't score a touchdown at all last year. And there was no, not even one big play. You know what I mean? It's, to me, if, he, if I just saw like one, two, and I could be like, oh, the offensive line was terrible, but just one big play because he's an explosive running back. Right. Just one time get outside and make a big long run and big play. I didn't see any of that last year. Now, there was a couple games where I was like, ooh, he's getting a little bit better. And he caught the bell okay this year as well. Right. I'm, I agree with you. I think... I think nine right here is fair. I yeah, I mean, I resisted, and I mean, at the beginning of the year, this guy was going top two or three, depending on you know who you were and you know what kind of league you were in or whatever. It was easily right. that, just, uh, to me. That I think him going three a number overall was like easy. I mean, I love Devontae Parker. I trade up to get Melvin Gordon. Right. I thought I'm gonna get a guy who's gonna give me instant return. Um, but they have to fix the O line, and he could be a huge bounce back player this year and next year. We easily be talking. You know, it's so for him, it's so 50 50. We can be sitting here talking, hey, yeah, see, it was the bad offensive line, but look at this guy. This is the Melvin Gordon we've been looking for. Or we get, or we be sitting here going, we had just another Wisconsin back that looks terrible. At number nine, I'm willing to take that risk. I, I agree. I, I told you a big no, but there's only really like another guy here that I would take ahead of him. Uh, and that's who I'm going to take here at number 10, and that's Stefan Dix. Okay. Again, simple fact where everything I just said about Melvin Gordon, complete opposite. For Stefan Dix. Right. You know, big plays were prevalent. He, yes. he obviously has a connection with Teddy. In in offense, even in the playoffs here last game, they were targeting him heavily. Uh to me, he looks like he's gonna be a playmaker. He's somebody that we talked about in the offseason. Hey, this guy's a five star recruit coming into college. Huge upside, you know, at Maryland before some injuries and you know, things along those lines, where the pedigree was there. Right. And you know, Mike always talks pedigree, pedigree, pedigree. He always takes that as a huge advantage in his rankings and how he looks at dynasty players. And this is a guy that we let slip because of his draft position and his last year at Mel, you know, at Maryland where he's hurt. Right. And some people said he should have came back, which he didn't, which was a good decision by him. But at the same time, I just feel like Stefan Diggs, I feel even like maybe here at number eleven or number ten. Yeah, I could where, be yeah. Yeah, I could be stealing him here. I mean, this is a guy who had eight one thousand eight hundred ninety six all purpose yards his freshman year. But then his last two years, uh, he had, you know, injuries. He had that broken leg, lacerated kidneys and stuff like that. And a lot of draft Knicks thought he should go back to come back and show why he was such a big, you know, playmaker. Because right. he missed the last three games his junior year as well, but he still finished with seven hundred and ninety two yards and five touchdowns. Again, he had the college career with like that was kind of mysterious because of injuries. But to me, already showing me his rookie year, finishing wide receiver 46 with an ADP of 43, that's somebody that I could build around. I got him in like the fourth round of our rookie draft 
which I'm ecstatic about. Yeah, that's great. Because I have a guy who I I think I think Stephon Diggs, I guess like uh, like long term value wise, could be a really solid wide receiver too. I I agree with that. Yep. And those are those guys are, are hold huge value. If Stephon Diggs could be the wide receiver two for me for the next eight years. I mean, I'm stealing here at number ten. Um. Yeah. It's it's pretty decent value. I I agree. I okay. like it. Thanks. Um, sorry, I was, kind of, I was kind of moving on to my next pick in my brain. It's all right. You um, don't have to listen to me. Uh, wait, what did you say? What? Um, hey. No, Stephen Diggs is a good player, man. Um, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, whatever. Come on. Say it right or pay the price. Steven, Stephon, Stephon. Steven, Stephon, Chakandrick, Chakandrick. Uh, <laughs> C. West. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, my next pick, number 11 in the first round. I'm going to go with my man, Tyler Lockett. Ooh. Who, I mean, obviously showed a ton of upside here on returns this year and really started getting sprinkled into the offense here at the end of the year and, and just has big play written all over him. And unfortunately, he's kind of tied down by the offense that's there. But um, I really do like his upside, and I think he's someone that they're going to kind of... Make the number two there. Tailor, could yeah, be number one there. Tailor the offense towards him eventually. Yeah, I, I think don't, he, I think he's got more talent than both the other guys ahead of him. Oh, I agree, and I I don't hate the guy at mm-hmm. all here, and I don't like to pick. I just he's just again because being in Seattle, I I feel like if it's somewhere else, it might be different as well. Uh, his size, it's just one of those guys. Like I don't hate to pick. It's just one of those guys I wouldn't pick here. You know what I mean? Just because I don't, I can already see him. He's not one of those guys that I can really fall for. I mean, in our league, he's he's wide receiver forty four at the end of the year, so that's not. I mean. That's pretty decent production coming from, from coming from a rookie too. Yeah, no, agree. I I think the upside is definitely there, for sure. It's just, and I think that's I think it's a great pick as well. It's just I'm just one of those. I think he just falls in one of those categories where like it's just one of those players that I'm not really gonna. I'm with you, man. Uh, I I mean I I follow you. I'm not with you. Um, but I, I really do think the upside is there. Okay. Um, to eventually become a really good, really good. Showed a lot. Yeah. He's on the team for four years. He's got Russell Wilson, who's took another step forward this year as a as an actual passer. Right. I mean, look at Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Right. Guy's a true wide receiver one. Exactly. And I think I think out of nowhere. I think Lockett's by far more talented than him, just physically. I want to see more. I guess the best thing for me is for Lockett wise, like I like what I see. Very intrigued. No argument here. Taking him in the first round of a rookie draft. Uh, I want to see a little bit more. Yeah, I'm with you. For me, number twelve. You know, I'm going to take somebody who I, I feel I'm buying in now. Okay. And I guarantee people are going to listen to this. Like, you guys are insane. But da- I'll take David Johnson here at 12. Oh, really? I won't let him get on the first round here. Uh, there's other guys that intrigue me, but this guy showed me in this offense. He's in it. Same thing about uh, TJ Yeldon. This guy's in a great offense. And, you know, Andre Ellington's no threat to him, I think, at this point. Chris Johnson's old. Old, yeah. And, I think he'll be. I think. I think David Johnson benefits from the offense, and I think, obviously, if he does come back and starts next year and does what he does now, then here this is a huge steal. But again, he's just not, you know after watching him and you know on tape and everything, it's kind of he looks okay. You know what I mean? There's nothing. He, he scores a lot of fancy points, but he also has three stud receivers around him, an All-Pro quarterback, a genius uh, offensive coordinator, and again. Will all those be there next year? Will Carson Palmer be a little older next year? Michael Floyd might not be there next year. Larry Fitzgerald will be a little bit older. You could focus a little bit more maybe on David Johnson. Again, he doesn't really hit the holes the way I like them to hit them. And he's good. Again, 
from what he did in those games, like he looked really good. I mean, again, he took a big step for me. Some of those runs he saw, I was really impressed with. I really was. Out of all the guys in this draft that I was wrong about, I feel like David Johnson definitely fits that category I was the most wrong about. I think that he he falls in there for both of us. Um, I still wouldn't have taken him in the first round. I think he falls just outside the first round for me. I had him actually since you've already picked. He's off the board now. I had him at fourteen. Okay. So I mean, it's it's close. Yeah, it's just close up, enough that it, upside there. Right. You know I mean, if I can, yeah. I had the opportunity to get a running back, a top three running back here. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like at the end of the first round, it's like almost like when you took DGB, you're like, oh, wow, this is like a no-brainer. I'm getting right. DGB. He's a top-tier receiver. Like here at the end of the round, like there's nobody behind him here that do I like guys after here but that could do the ceiling of what he did in that offense, mostly because of where he is as right. well. I think all that – because that always takes play. It you're, always has yeah, a hand in it. You're banking on the upside with, the, with this pick big time. You know, the right. reason – when Jimmy Graham went to Seattle, people weren't like, oh, Jimmy Graham sucks. It's like, oh, shit, he's in Seattle. Right. You know, they don't really throw the ball very much. Right. So that's why I'm willing to take a gamble here. Everybody else is going to say it's too low. And if you took you – know, if somebody took David Johnson in, like, number eight overall, I'm not yelling at you there either. I'm just like, hey, I'd rather have, you know, Stephon Diggs mm-hmm. personally. All right, so my next pick, um, number 13 overall, which would be the second pick in the first round in most 12-team leagues. Um, I'm going to take Marcus Mariota. I'm actually kind of surprised he, he lasted to the second round, kind of where he just, was at the beginning of the just year. Just because. I know. It, it seems like we were going a lot more upside, even though I do think Mariota has a ton of upside, but it probably goes back to the devalued you know, of the, of the position. That's of, all it goes to for me. I think this is a solid pick. Same – yeah, everything we said about Jameis, right? Same thing about Mariota, just a hair lower. You know what I mean? But he's got the he's got the movability. There. I was gonna say he's got a ton of upside uh, with his with his rushing too. I mean he he was able to put up some huge games this year uh, due to just rushing and passing really. So I I really love the upside. I, I'd be thrilled if I got him in the with the first pick in the second round. Yeah, and I, and I think he falls like now that we're just doing this as like a fantasy value startup. Now every in a in a startup draft or like a, this was actual rookie draft, it all depends. Like if you, what we know now and you needed a QB at like a number 11, well, you're taking Marcus Mario. Right. Right. You know what I mean? You know, he's solid. Yeah, exactly. But right now, just because of devalue position, that's the only reason he falls here Two QB league. He's going number four overall, right. most likely. Right. Again, I liked, I loved what I saw Mario as well. Yep. I feel comfortable. He's, I, I feel good about him being in my lineup for the next 10 years as well. It's just I feel like Jameis could be a starter every single week at this at this point now, just because of again because of the talent around him. You know? I, I mean, I was starting uh, Jameis Winston at the end of the year in a league that I made the playoffs in. Yeah, but I wouldn't feel comfortable starting Marcus Mariota. I I, I had to I had actually uh, had both of them in that league, and I was starting him over Mariota. So, okay, in, yeah. in most weeks. All right. So I mean, I don't think there's really a lot to say here. Kind of tape showed itself for Mariota. Right. Absolutely. All right. No well, number fourteen. Uh, now things are really starting to get kind of a little dicey for me. I agree. But I am going to kind of, to me, it's between two players here, a receiver and a running back. Hmm. I think I know the receiver. I think I know the running back. I'm taking Duke Johnson. Okay. That wasn't what Which, I was thinking. I bet you were thinking I was going to take Jeremy Langford. Um, actually, no, somebody else. Oh, okay. Never mind. Well, I'm going to take Duke, jo- Duke Johnson because, again, all, again, these are rankings are all based off PPR. Right. I think he's a solid PPR back and kind of a surprise here, but Duke Johnson finishes running back 25. Hmm. That is a, a bit of a surprise, actually. It is, isn't it? I mean, especially because I watched those games uh, in Cleveland. It just didn't seem like he was producing a ton. Like, they they throw to him here and there. I mean, he got involved a little bit more at the end of the season, but to finish wide receiver 25. 
which is essentially he's a running back too. Right. Pretty, I mean, oh, I mean, he's not technically he's not, but he's he's right there. He's, he was probably for the second half of the season, with uh, if, if those numbers bear out, because he wasn't used all that much at the beginning of the year, the first four or five games. No, not at all. And then like Hugh, somebody who like Hugh Jackson comes in, who has experience with Gio Bernard. Right. Makes me even happier to have Duke Johnson here. Again, you can't get enough of those PPR backs, man. You just can't. They will always produce for you. They're not touchdown dependent. Uh, give me five catches a game for 50 yards, and I'm extremely happy to have a guy like him in my lineup. So the fact that I think the fact that he finished as running back 25 this year is what kind of gives me the edge to take him here uh, at number 14 overall. I feel like I'm getting good value here, somebody I can plug and play uh, right away at running back, uh, position of need all the time. And he he still has a chance to be a number one running back there in Cleveland, but even if he's not, I'm comfortable with his role as it is right now. Getting a running back that I can start in the second round, I'm happy. Right. I mean, exactly what you just said. I mean, the upside is there, um, but the floor is obviously much higher with those kind of guys. I don't know. I I, say, I, I still like. I, there's definitely a lot of room for Duke to grow. I guess. You yep. know what I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I think. Again, I think the floor is really safe for him at this point, and I think that we don't. I think the ceiling's a little bit unknown, um, but I think he could be a Gio Bernard. I, I can, think he could be a, like a really high end running back too. High end running yep. back too. Yep, yep, yep. Um, for me, I am going to go number. What are we on? Fifteen, 15. here. Um, this is this is a really. I got these guys really close, and it's kind of tough. Um. But I think I'm going to go with the guy that has got the clearer path next year, I believe, to a starting position. This is who I thought I, this is who I was torn between. Oh. If you're talking about the same guy. <laughs> oh. Um, I guess I have no, we have no, no, we do not know each other's picks. No, we don't know each other's picks. I'm going to go Jeremy Langford. Oh. Okay. Because I, I do think Forte is moving on. Um, oh, he's as good as gone in my eyes. And even though I do think it's going to be a bit of a hit uh, with Adam Gase leaving and Dowell Luggins coming in, um, I think John Fox really likes to run the ball, and that's where he kind of that's where he makes his bread and butter, and he's that kind of coach. So I think he's going to want to run the heck out of the ball, and I think Jeremy Langford has got a good upside. He's not like obviously not one of these guys that I see. He's going to be a running back one, but I think he's a guy you can put in your lineup and rely on him. Again, kind of surprised he finishes running back twenty nine. So yeah. right outside of running back two, and again, I liked. I know. I think were you the one that didn't like Mich- him coming out of Michigan State this year? I didn't. Yeah, I did. Okay, and I, I know Mike did too. We were kind of like real early in the process, real intrigued by him because he was really fast. We liked him at Michigan State, and for me, it's just he's going to be a running back. He'll he'll probably start next year, right? In Chicago, which is again, anybody that starts holds value. So. But again, I again I just don't see anything great there. But again, this is great value. No, I agree with you. Like I said, when I said that's why I said Langford to you when I took Duke, right. that you thought I was gonna take Duke. Um I actually would have taken him right after the player I'm about to take. Okay. I would have taken Langford. And the reason you said uh going into next year, well I guess before let's we should probably hit on Langford just a little bit more here before we move on, but I mean, I I don't have much more to say on him. I think I think he's a solid back. I don't think he's like a world beater, and he'll have a starting job next year, which makes which gives him value, yeah. especially here in the second round. Yeah, and again, he has an ADP of sixty seven overall. Um, I'm okay with that. So I'm gonna take a guy who has a clear cut path as well next year, and that's gonna be Rashad Perriman. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, it's just one of those guys where again, opportunity is there. They have nobody else there. I know Steve Smith is coming back, but listen. Steve Smith is still going to be a year older. I know mm-hmm. he balled out this year, 
but he still got hurt. He has to come back from injury. Does always take longer to heal when you're older. Um, that you're more apt to get hurt again after you've already been hurt being old. And they're going to want to see what they have in this investment in Brashad Perriman. And for me, it's just one of the things, the speed's there, the talent's there. Uh, drops are, can be a question mark. We don't know because we didn't see him on the field this year. But I think because of opportunity, where they drafted him, they expect this guy to be their future number one receiver. They play, I, they, and they played, you know, they played it safe with him this year. There is news that he might come back at the end of the year, but he didn't. I think they played it safe with him because they know this is a guy they want to invest in. You have Joe Flacco there who's got a big arm, who I think will suit Perriman. Well, somebody that I, I did like coming out of college. And, again, I just think the opportunity here in the, the position where, what am I getting, number 16 overall, so the middle, almost the, the fourth pick in the second round, right? the opportunity to get a wide receiver one on somebody else's team, I think is pretty good value. Um, it's hard to argue that, you know, that that's value. I just don't like the player, so I'm going to disagree with you. I don't, I, I just, I honestly, I don't see it with him. I get it. Um. I think he's going to be a go long guy and he's just, I don't, I just don't see it, man. Okay. I understand he's, he's going to, you know, that that's what Flacco likes to do. He likes to throw the, throw the ball deep, but I mean, Torrey Smith was there and he was nothing special either with the same kind of role. And, and even now that I'm thinking about it, I'm looking at another player who I forgot to put on my list originally. I saw him in the bottom of my list there. It's kind of a type. So it's kind of like a typo for me. Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably would have taken this next player. If you don't take him, who I'm taking next okay. ahead, ahead of this guy. But I would have had him back-to-back. So you're up on the clock at number six, 17. Um, number 17, I am going to take... At this point, I think I have to take Matt Jones. Um, oh. I, I know that you probably don't like him. It's don't probably, even have him it's, in my top 24. I know. I didn't have Perryman in my top 24. So... That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I think at this point, this is where our, both of our, our uh, top 24s are going to get pretty different. Um, another guy, I just think, I think he has another, he's another guy that I see has a path to a starting role. And I, I don't think that he's ultra talented. I think he's got a skill set that they're going to be able to use there, though, in, in Washington. And with Alf Morris being a free agent here, I think they're probably going to move on from him, to be honest. Okay. So here's my opinion on this. Don't even have him in my top twenty-four. Don't don't I won't on the verge of being there. Right. You know what I mean? If you oh, just, yeah, yeah. you take him here, I'm not going uck, but I am kind of going uck because I don't know, man. Not a believer in Matt Jones whatsoever. Honestly, whatsoever. I do not think he has a clear path in Washington. I think if uh if he leaves, you know, Washington's a contender, right? right? They right. made the playoffs, they're an up and coming team. Matt Jones is not helping them be a better football team. I think Matt Jones is a great backup running back. I think he's a good spell running back. Um, but I'm not falling into that kind of like Niall Davis kind of love where I think kind of Matt Jones is right now, where a lot of people like Matt Jones. And I think Matt Jones right now is 80. Yeah, he has an ADP of 63 right now, uh, which is pretty high. That's pretty that, high. That's way, way too high for me, like right. extremely too high. He finishes running back 45. Uh, I think they're either A, going to sign somebody like Matt Forte in the offseason or sign somebody that's going to help him win now. Or B, draft a running back. I do not think Matt Jones is the answer in Washington. I do not think he's the future in Washington. And at no point do I think he will ever be the starter on any NFL team going forward. Now, does he make a bad dynasty own? No, not whatsoever. But if a guy has an ADP right now of number 45, I am selling. I am selling right now because you can get really good value. Because people are taking him in the fourth round uh, of dynasty startup. You are insane. I am sorry you are insane. 
Okay. Um, I guess we'll agree to disagree because I think he is going to be a starter next That's year. That's fine. I really don't. <laughs> I, I, I really, I truly, honestly don't. And only time will tell. There's really nothing we can do other he, than argue about it. He doesn't do anything really extremely well for me. Um, still has a case of the fumbles. Was he like inactive like one of the last weeks of the game too? No, he was injured. Injured? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a big difference. I mean, he looked good at times. I yeah. know I was probably, my, I just sang a different tune earlier yeah. in the year, but I'm, after more, I, I thought about Matt Jones, you know, I put some time into his, his name. And I'm selling, man. Again, I'm just selling. I do. I would bet it right now. He will not be the starter next year. We'll touch base on this. I'm sure when next season comes along, and I'll go like I mostly do on this podcast. Go. Remember that I said this about this guy, and I'm right again. No, when when it I when, it, right when he ends up being the starter, you won't mention it. And uh, I'll, I'll have to bring no. it up. Mm-hmm. I I'll, I have no problem saying I'm wrong on anybody. <laughs> I have no problem because I'm usually right. Right. <laughs> so I'm not, I, have no, I say it so little. I'm not really offended. But again, I am. I am. Off that Matt Jones bandwagon. Um, I, all right, I, I'm still on it. Um, what pick was that? Number seventeen. That was well, sure. 17. Let me go over here to the right side of my list here and write number seventeen next to Matt Jones. Oh no, I think it was sixteen, or or was it? 17? Nope. That was right. uh, I took Brashad Perriman. So here's the guy. I probably, oh, that's right. I did. Uh, the next guy I am taking here is somebody I might. I probably would have taken ahead of Perriman. Okay. And that's Nelson Aguilar. Right. Again, I think the re- whole reason we're getting here at number eighteen and the reason it slipped so far, anyways. Um, with an ADP of number 77 right now is because what have you done for me lately? Yep. I think the whole chip, I think the whole offense with chip Kelly and everything there was a huge disaster. <sighs> the quarterback situation was a disaster. I mean, even Jordan Matthews started off the year really bad. Are we selling Jordan Matthews? Heck no, no, man. Year one for Nelson Aguilar had really good tape, solid receiver. Somebody who I think could be a really solid wide receiver two in the NFL besides uh, next to Jordan Matthews, who I think is a true number one. And I think Nelson Aguilar, from what I watched from the tape, I'm not going to just let one rookie year in the NFL kind of throw me off what I thought of the guy you should take number six, seven, eight overall in your rookie draft six mo- nine months ago, six months ago, right. change just because he didn't, he didn't wow me in season. You know what well, I mean? Well, I mean, that's got to sway your opinion slightly, but that, I guess that's probably why he's going here in the second round and not in the first round. Yeah, again, good value. You're getting somebody in the first round, for or sec, late in the second round, for that was a you know a whole round pick ahead of right, before. right, right. And somebody again, I mean, I always like to, I always think it's a good idea in your in your dynasty league where guys like this, guys like Melvin Gordon, guys like Nelson Algalore, guys that were first round picks just say after a year ago, to try and go get that you can get for like maybe there's not somebody you love at the end of your first round this year right swap swap them out man. yeah or if you have a high second round pick and somebody likes a player they're like hey give me this guy Mm -hmm. you should be able to get nelson i mean if you can get nelson Aguilar for your second round pick who now has one more year experience in nfl i think that's good value unless you don't believe in nelson Aguilar, right and i know you were a big nelson Aguilar Aguilar fan coming out i mean you and mike actually swayed me to study his tape more which made me a fan right i i I am i still am a big fan of his actually i'm i'm kind of surprised that he slipped that far in both of our rankings now that we're talking about it and like verbalizing all this yeah so, and that's why i said um, when i looked at his name because i forget i he i see he slipped my mind so much i forgot to put in my initial list here so i have his name in the bottom right i would have taken if this if we're doing this like legit wise i would have taken him at uh number 16 i was gonna say i probably would have taken him over jeremy lankford to be honest if i if i going back on it yeah going back on it but it is what it is. Well, it's a podcast, so we can sit and talk about it. And it's the thing. You talk it out, right. and then you realize you made a mistake. This isn't like a real draft. So we do both have 
uh, Nelson Aguilar a little bit higher then. So right, right around right. 15 overall. Yeah, 15. Top 40. pick of the second round. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just look, we did this casually and forgot about him. Right. Just imagine what you could do in your dynasty league. That's right. Go get him. Go try to go try to get him. And if it doesn't work out, blame us. And if it does work out, blame us. Yes. <laughs> so now you're on the clock at number 19. Um, at number 19, I am going to do the Carlos Williams pick here. Love it. Yeah, we got to, right? Love it. Um, just a show, just huge upside this year, um, filling in for Shady or just being in a tandem with Shady. Uh-huh. Um, just really love what he's doing. Uh, obviously, a run first type of head coach there with, with Rex Ryan and in Buffalo in general, just crappy weather uh, type of place, outdoor stadium. I think he fits all that. Yeah, to he scored a touchdown like every game he played for like eight straight games. Yeah, like ridiculous. Loves with the big end runs. Zone. I love I love running backs that love the end zone. I love the end zone too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, Shady McCoy's gonna be a year older, still a Shady McCoy fan. Right. On a big contract, so he'll be the, as soon as it's not guaranteed and Carlos Williams shows his hand, uh likely Shady could be gone. Yeah, it's true. He plays in Buffalo, it's cold. He he's getting older, so the way Shady plays, he's gonna get banged up anyway. So mm-hmm. You know, Carlos Williams not to answer. I could see, as this is a great pick, where it's a nice hold for, you know, if Shady gets hurt, you could plug and play him as a running back one. This is the guy that we, I don't know, I can't remember if we did it on the podcast or off the podcast um, when we were just talking, but he was the guy that we um, we comped him to, uh, gosh, why the name just slipped my mind. The guy from the Falcons um, used to be the backup. Michael Turner? Michael Turner, thank you. We kind of comped him to him because he's a guy that's just going to kind of sit there in the background for a few years, but as soon as he gets his shot, whether in Buffalo or somewhere else, we you both, know he's going to be good. We both feel like he has a ton of upside, and he's yeah, going to be great. I, I completely agree. Love the Michael Turner comp, not like talent-wise, but just situation-wise. Situation, right. Where everybody knows he's good, mm-hmm. and when he gets to play, you want to start him right away. Right. Uh, but when he gets his chance, I think he's going to be pretty good. Showed me a lot this year. Yep. Showed me that he is a legit running back. Obviously, the only knock against him is you have Shady McCoy ahead of him, who's a great running back. Right. That was. I mean, that's that's the same scenario with you know LT being ahead of uh, the burner Turner. Yeah. Love the Carlos Williams pick. Feel like it's it's vet it's you know if you took Carlos Williams ahead of Nelson Aguilar and Rashad Perriman again, I'm not arguing it there, but I right. think this is right again in this category. We're in 18. I said I have about 16 guys, 17 guys here that I really like. The more we do it now, it's probably more closer to like 15 guys I really like. So then there's like a next tier, and then there's another tier. And I think Carlos Williams fits in that tier where wherever he goes, I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, so next pick for me here, uh, number 20 overall, uh, I am taking, is this number 20 overall? Um, yes. Yes. I am taking Clive Walford. Oh, wow. Yes. I know a lot of people gave Mike a lot of slack from taking this guy in the second round, right around this pick, pretty close to it. In our actual rookie draft, people are like, oh, that's kind of high. And Mike's like, I don't think I can get him again in this third round. I believe in him. Um, I was with Mike all along on Clive Walford here. Again, it was Max Williams and Clive Walford. And they're still really close to me here. But I think Crockett Gilmore showed me enough that they'd run probably two tight end sets there in Baltimore. Because I did like what I saw of the crack at the Rocket. Crockett Rocket. Uh, and I still like Max Williams. Yeah. You know, if, if, I, if you don't pick him next, that's who I'm taking after you. Uh, but... I'm I like gonna, Clive I'm going to give you the preview here and just tell you that that is the dude I have next on okay. my list, and I would thought that's who you were going to go with. Well, that's fine. So, yeah. I mean, let's, so we, we're taking them back-to-back here. Right. So pick number 20 and 21, yep. which is exactly where I would have them both. This is, these are both the two guys I would take here. I like Max Williams a ton. I like Clive Walford a ton. 
Clive Walford showed me enough this year who finished it. And he, even as fantasy-wise, you know, Max Williams finishes even the crack of the racket there. Tight end number 30, Clive Walford, tight end 32. So both their rookie years are really similar as well. I just really like what they're doing in Oakland. I like that the fact they signed Michael Crabtree. And I think Clive Walford could be a nice red zone threat. I think he'd be a really solid tight end. I think Max Williams does has a, have a higher ceiling here. And I, I, this is probably a pick I would flip-flop mm-hmm. any day of the week. Right. So... To me, it's close enough where I'm I'm happy with both these guys. I mean, they're definitely in in my tight end rankings. They're probably really close. Um, obviously, in this rookie class, they're they're you know for tight ends, they're one and two, one and two. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and it's clear cut, and it's not a lot of separation. So I can totally understand um, why you have them close. I think Max Williams better. So obviously, I had him on top of Clive Walford. Uh, Clive Walford. Um, so, obviously, we have a little bit of a disagreement, but it's splitting hairs. Yeah. They're both pretty good, man. Agree. I think they both have really good upside. I just happen to think Max Williams has a little bit more upside, so I have him higher. And I don't think 2016 is going to be the year where you're going to be reaping benefits. I think 2017, both these guys are going to be top six tight ends. I'll agree with that, but I think um, 2016 will be a telling year for them. Um, I think... You know, if they if they start to establish themselves in the offense, I think you can expect them to have a breakout year in 2017. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I le- I want to see the, all the cases I made for Brashad Perriman. Let's see where Crack of the Rocket and Max Williams kind of fall into effect here. Again, like them both a lot. Mm-hmm. Big believer in tight ends here. So again, a, a tight end, you know, one here this late in the second. Both of us back here, I think we both come out winners. Absolutely, man. It, it's almost, it's a very safe pick here. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't miss out. I mean, you can't lose really picking up tight ends here. Like these, this, I guess echelon of tight end here at the in the end of the second round. So here we go now on to pick number twenty-two in the end of the second round here, and now I have a whole smorgasbord of players that I just feel okay about. I totally agree with that. I have one guy that is slightly above. Um, the other few that are left, but uh, yeah, I, I, a lot of these guys are kind of the same to me. I won't take the one guy on principle because I thought he stunk coming out, and I'm not going to take him. I know he said he flipped in the back end of your second round. We were talking about him pre-show. Oh, but he won't make it, no. <laughs> so Devin Fenches isn't making the top two rounds for you? Um, he just squeaked in, but I pick I'll be the 23rd pick, so he won't make it. So maybe you will make it for me because I, I, I don't know. We'll see. You know what I'm going to do here? Looking at all these names here, I'm kind of torn. Like, I still like Jalen Strong, mm-hmm. right? ADP of number 107. Um, I still like uh, who, some, who some names here. I still like Justin Hardy, but I don't think he's enough here taking a second round. He's still a third round pick here. Yeah, I think Buck Allen intrigues me here. Buck Allen does not um, intrigue Tevin me. Coleman still intrigues me Tevin, as well. Yeah, I could see Tevin Coleman, but. Another tight end intrigues me is Will Ty. Okay. Intriguing. Yeah. Funchess. He's, he's, got, he's got a ton of upside, I think, that guy. Jameson Crowder. Yeah. Intriguing. I like him. Still mm-hmm. not on the Philip Dorsett bandwagon at all. Me neither. Yeah. Wow. We Wow. Yeah, we both hate him, right? <laughs> yeah. Tricandrick West. Yeah. Yeah. It's just his yards per carry and stuff. I don't know. He, to me, he's just kind of. He kind of flashed and then disappeared, you know? Yeah. Like, look at you fantasy points for this opportunity, but I don't think anybody's. Like, almost what I said about Matt Jones is kind of how I feel about Tricandrick West. Somebody yeah. you want to own in Dynasty. You're only like only. I don't think he's going to be a starter in the future. You know I, th- I, mean? I, I mean, I think Turk Hendrick West's um, 
his production is just based on on opportunity opportunity and with Jamal Charles coming back next year I don't think he's going to have much of an opportunity unless unless Charles goes down again and they have Spencer Ware there that's I I mean who looked better Spencer Ware looked better and Spencer Ware would also play the same role he played this year Correct. Even with Jamal Charles in the lineup, whereas Agree. whereas Charkandrick West kind of doesn't have a role because that's what uh, Jamal Charles is going to be doing. You know what? So, know what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to take Tevin Coleman. Okay. You know, I, I feel good about it. He's a north south runner in yeah. offense. Um, I like Devontae Freeman almost, but for here I'm just saying he'll still get. I think he could next year maybe still get some carries to the point like if I needed like a you know I injury I could kind of play him at least get a couple points. Right. And I think still think he's talented enough that. Uh, give an opportunity, definitely barring Devontae Freeman injury, where he could kind of give me something in return. I should probably gamble here on a receiver, but uh, I, I think I'm going to take Tevin Coleman here. I'm going to finally get a wide receiver. I, th- I feel like it's been forever since I picked one. I think Tyler Lockett might have been my last one. Hold on. Um, yeah, Tevin Coleman was my last wide receiver, and I'm going to go um, Jalen Strong here. And you're not looking at it, like I was literally looking here, like who I would take next. And I'm like, you know what? I, mean, I probably would take Jalen Strong ahead of Tevin Coleman here. But to me, again, they're so close. There's yeah. no right and wrong. I love the pick. I think, I mean, I, I think he's, he progressed through the year. I know his numbers wouldn't say that they really did, but he, that's a really complicated offense to go into. Um, I mean, look at all the, the big name wide receivers that went in the New England and just flopped. They couldn't, yeah. they couldn't do it. I mean, like Chad Johnson went there. He couldn't do it. I mean, there's been a few other like veteran guys that have been around the leagues for a long time and just gone to New England and checked out after a True. few weeks. Just like, all right, never mind. I can't do this. Um, so it does take a lot to learn that system. And he really came in, if you remember, um, just out of shape. Yeah. Poor conditioning. He was up in like the 225-ish range. He was in the doghouse early. And he was in the doghouse. And and he ended up, all the reviews late in the year is, you know, his weight's way down, like close to 200 pounds, like, which is kind of bordering on, for a guy that's like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, kind of a little skinny for me. But, I mean, if that's what they want him to play at and he moves well at that weight, um, more power to him, you know. Okay. Um, and I just, I, I think the guy's got pretty good upside, especially here at the end of the second round. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I like that pick there. I like Jalen. I'm actually still a big Jalen strong fan, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, and I love, I think he has a second round value. And I think here to close out the second round, I'm going to take Jay Ajayi. Yeah. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. You know, if I would take, I, even now I probably would have taken, maybe I'll take Jay Ajayi ahead of Tevin Coleman. Now that I think about it just because of opportunity that's there. Really like Jay Ajayi coming out, you know, the former soccer player, three down back out of Boise state. Does a lot of things well coming out of college. The knee injury is a concern. Right. That's the uh, reason he fell in the draft and, and in dynasty drafts, too. And even here, it's somewhat of a concern. Right. His big value is if even if Lamar Miller doesn't leave, doesn't necessarily mean he's a starter, but he's somebody that will get carries here. Um, him and Tevin Coleman to me are like neck and neck as it is away, but I feel very comfortable getting him at the very end of the second round here. Um, again, there's guys that missed the list here. You know, guys like Will Ty, I wouldn't argue with. If you took Devin Funches, I wouldn't argue it. I'm just not a huge believer. Too tight in the hips for me. Um, I think with Kelvin Benjamin coming back next year, I still think, too, that they'll go out and get a receiver. Uh, I'd be, I like Devin Funches more if they move him to tight end. I, I mean, I agree. I think, we, I, think we, I think we both kind of felt the same way about Devin Funches. But I, when I was putting together a list, I, I had a lot of ugh face going on, you know? And, yeah. And Devin Funches has, has at least shown a little bit here and there that I, I thought he maybe warranted the end of the second round type of He did field. show me a little bit Yeah. that at least he can produce. I was worried if he, if he can produce, that he could produce at the NFL level, so I am okay with that. He, he looked better here in this rookie year than he ever did in college. Like, he looked more wide receiver-esque than he ever did in college. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it might have been, you know, like he, they, they were screwing around with his position too. So he might have been doing a lot of dropping weight, adding weight, trying to bulk up, trying to cut down, you know, all throughout his college system. And now he's finally landed in a spot where he can just work on his one craft, hone his body to that craft. And, and he did seem to be moving a little bit looser. Yes. Uh, whereas in college, he was like really, really stiff. And we said he had like, we in the, earlier, like, this guy has no chance to be good. Right. I am now saying he has a chance. Right. I think, I think he's, I think he looked much better this year. So uh, other guys here that kind of pay attention to that maybe you could buy low on uh, ADP right now, 105, DeAndre Smelter. Okay. Uh, Obviously, didn't play this year because of injuries, but upside's mm-hmm. there, size, speed, all that's there for DeAndre Smelter. Uh, pay attention this week in the playoffs. Chris Conley should begin his start over Jeremy Macklin, who's out with a high ankle sprain. Right. Real intrigued by Chris Conley. Blazer, big guy, super fast, runs like a 4-3. What is he, like 6'2", six, 6'3"? Six, yep. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that high enough. He was like one of the fastest, I think he was, he was the fastest guy at the Combine and he from had Georgia. Like a ridiculous. Combine. He had a ridiculous, like, uh, vertical jump, all sorts, all the leaping numbers. He, he destroyed yeah. the Combine. He was a Combine darling. So, again, we're both not, like, over, like, oh, this guy's going to be good. Right. But definitely, let's watch him here. Big time should play. Mm-hmm. Let's see what he can do. Yep. Rookie receiver in the playoffs. Keep your eye on Chris Conley. I'm going to be watching him pretty closely this weekend. Uh, as well. And then, you know, there's Philip Dors- Dorsett. We weren't really big on him. He's a first-round pick in the NFL, but I'm not in love with Philip Dorsett at all. Uh, again, Jameson Crowner, we mentioned. Uh, Justin Hardy, I'd like to see get one more year, but we'll see where he's going to fit. I know a guy that you said earlier that you're not that high on, but a, a guy that's probably going to have an opportunity is David Cobb there in uh, Tennessee. So, I, I mean, I think he's worth mentioning here. I mean, we got all the way through two rounds, and he didn't get picked, so he's not like... He's a worth wor- mentioning. He's not worth, yeah, he's not a world beater, but he's worth mentioning. I, I would take Buck Allen ahead of him. I'm not a believer in David Cobb whatsoever either. I'm not a believer in Buck Allen whatsoever. So I'm not a huge believer in Buck Allen either. There we go. That's why they're not drafting. So that's it. That's our first two rounds. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to do much more, right? We're not going to no, go we're done. Yeah, okay, good. No, this is the end of the show. It's a, we've been going on for an hour and 13 minutes. Good Lord. It's a long show for us. I feel like I'm sweating from a marathon that I just ran. This might be the longest show we did all year. Well, let's end it. Let's do it. All right. All right, guys. We'll be back next week. Um, if you want to support the podcast, always remember that you can go on iTunes and do it for free and give us a ranking and review. We really, really, truly appreciate it. It helps the podcast more than we could possibly explain. Just go to iTunes, click review, leave us a, uh, a ranking, and if you want to leave a couple kind words on there or hateful words, whatever you want to do, uh, let us know how you feel about the podcast. Again, it really helps us out a ton. It's your review. You do yes. what you want with it. Make sure you go to DynastyNerds.com to check out all the great articles from all our great writers and our rankings and our ADP. Remember, we do now have ADP, free ADP. That's run by at Dynasty ADP Kyle. We have 300 guys up there, I believe, that are ranked for ADP value. Um, and remember, the new shirts are out. The black ones are going like hotcakes. Hotcakes, man. Hotcakes. We've sent out like 40 shirts over the last week and a half. Um, so thanks a ton to all those guys, to everybody that went out there and bought a shirt. Again, every two shirts we sell pays for the podcast for one month. So if you really want to help the podcast out financially uh, and get something in return, the best thing to do is buy those new Dynasty Nerd t-shirt. Again, they are awesome. They're they the are. Tri-Ben Blend American Apparel t-shirts, the most comfortable t-shirt in the world. I promise you they are the most comfortable t-shirt in the world. They look so good, the black ones. And the gray ones still are phenomenal as well. That's right, man. Um, I'm just, you know, the black's new, and I like new shiny things. And if, remember, if you want to get an old Dynasty Nerd t-shirt, which are the 50-50 shirts, which are still great shirts as well, those are on sale for 15 bucks on DynastyNerds.com as well. So we are closing those out with a clearance price. So those are on sale. 
uh, on the website as well. And if you just want to help the podcast uh, out by yourself, uh, there, we have a donations page. Yeah, Again, all money that you put into to the site goes right back into the site and pays writers and helps us uh, find programmers to make the site better, which we're kind of doing with our rankings right now. So we appreciate it. Definitely want to give a huge shout-out real quick to Michael Betts, uh, one of our listeners, and we talked to him on Twitter a lot. Uh, gave an extremely generous donation to the site just yesterday, I think. Nice. Uh, and I, I know you don't even know about it yet, but me and Mike know about it because we talked to him private message a lot. Made a great, uh, very generous donation. So I want to take the time and say thank you, Michael. Oh, thanks, uh, man. Out there in New England. Uh, Michael Betts. Uh, really appreciate that donation, man. It means a lot. And uh, again, yeah, you can help the site as well. So until then, we'll be back next week. Enjoy yourself. We have a lot to talk about. Um, and we're, I think we're going to get Mike back here soon. Nice, man. Yeah. It's going to be great. We're a lot of get, stuff to get, get into. We're going to get Mike back. Um, and yeah. I think the first show Mike comes back, we have to do Mike's thoughts. Mike's year in review. Yeah. Which I'm sure everybody who hasn't heard Mike in like four months right. is really intrigued to say. I'm sure. I'm, and there's probably some people that are new listeners that are like, who the hell is this Mike? Guy I, I, we always talk, I guarantee you, yeah, we always talk about Mike. Right. And there's probably people that started listening when the season started. Like, who the hell is this Mike talk about? <laughs> well, he's, been, he's, he's one of the co-hosts. He was on the show for two years. Right. Who had a baby who now can't do the show when we record on Tuesday nights. Yep. So that's what we're recording on the weekends from now on. There you go. Well, just for the off season. And there's probably, I mean, there's going to be next, next episode should have a ton of news about, you know, coach hires within, within the next two episodes. Hopefully the Browns have Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Well, word to your mother. Word to your moms. Live long and prosper. Drop bombs. We'll be back next week. Until then, guys, have a good one. And. Hasta mañana. That sounds great. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.